0: well, then let's just get into this. Let's see. What have I been watching? We finished Warrior Nun. I looked at when they were thinking about a second season. Looks like COVID per usual has screwed up filming and I don't know when they'll do a second season, but it has been renewed for one. Oh, we've also been watching Inside the World's Toughest Prisons on Netflix and then I watched the reggae jean Page SNL episode. His scenes were very good. He's funny and he has a very beautiful singing voice and his monologue was, was really funny.
1: I watched the the driver's license sketch. I oh, that was pretty
0: yes. good. Oh my God. I, di- I didn't even know that song because I don't Me listen either. to songs. But yeah, that was a funny scene. I enjoyed it. I've been watching a
1: lot because I don't know. Kids worked all weekend long, so I was here by myself. So one thing that the kids and I watched together, which is really not a kids thing, but minor teens, is we watched the crime scene, The Disappearance of Elisa Lamb on mm. Netflix, the whole Sisa Hotel deal. That is some crazy crap. But that was really good. I I love documentaries, but I'm at the point now where people start talking and I fall asleep. And I didn't fall asleep during this one, so I'm yeah. impressed. And then <laughs> Saturday, I got sucked into this show on Prime. It just came out. It's called Tell Me Your Secrets, which is Uh-oh. the dumbest name. I don't even understand why it's called that. It's dumb. <laughs> it. No, I'm not going to say that, because it wasn't really good. <laughs> 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 did you finish it yeah i finished it in a day i'll say it so i mean good it's, lord yeah it sucks you in and they were like hour-long episodes so what tells you about my day on saturday <laughs> and the premise is really good it's about this woman who is just released from prison because her boyfriend was a serial killer and people assume that she was like a Carla Maholka deal. Like they did it together or she has information. So she went to prison for seven years is released into witness protection. So it's her story. And it's a story of a mother who believes her daughter, her daughter has disappeared. And she believes her daughter was one of these guys victims because she was on a found on a security cam at a convenience store at the same time as him. I mean, so there's all that. And then it's a story of a guy who was recently released from prison a convicted rapist and admits to being a rapist, but he's trying to reform. It's just crazy. But it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't even know what to say. The plot would have been excellent, but they added so much other crap into it that it made no sense. It's probably gonna have a season two, and I'm all in. I'll probably watch that crap too, because you know what else. What else? Oh, and I watched a bunch of movies. I watched I Care A Lot. It just came out on Netflix. That one was pretty good. I saw that one pop up on my Netflix. That was pretty good. Some twisty, turny stuff. And then I watched Judas and the Black Messiah, which I was excited about on HBO Max. It was not what I had hoped. It had really good performances. The story was kind of flimsy. And then I watched Nomadland on Hulu. I'd really look forward to that one because I read the book. I think Francis McDormand's going to win an Oscar for it, but it was kind of boring. So there you go.
0: What a lot of American Horror Story people you have been watching. That's true. Yeah, I guess I have been. Huh. They're everywhere. You, you can't get away from them. They really like can't.
1: <laughs> the other one that we kids, and well, I shouldn't admit this, that I let my kids watch this, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll see what it is <laughs> and then I'll debate on whether I think CPS will knock on your, your door. Your kids cannot
1: it watch it. It's it's a cartoon <laughs> but on HBO Max it's the new Harley Quinn show. It's one of their DC Universe shows. So it's a cartoon. It's all about Harley Quinn but they cuss and swear and there's a lot of blood. Like It's really weird to watch cartoon characters say the C word. Like the see you next Tuesday word. It's, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. It's really, really fun. So it's good for like people that are into animation and superhero crap and I don't know we liked it we really liked it so yeah we'll wait on that <laughs> it's <laughs> the very first episode in the first 10 seconds they dropped the f-bomb at least eight times so there you go well, I had it on and my little one was home and I was like oh no
0: we'll watch this earmuffs earmuffs
1: (laughs) we'll watch this one later it's not like he (laughs) hasn't heard that before but there was also like some guy's knee got smashed in and stuff
0: oh lord so anyway hi everybody Welcome to that so original podcast. We are still talking about Bridgerton, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm real tired of talking about Bridgerton, you guys. And then these episodes are really long, just it's a lot. Uh, this is episode six. The title is Swish, but I think I read somewhere that the working title is Tits and Ass because there's just a lot of that going on in this episode more
1: ass than anything else yeah
0: yeah yeah there's a lot of ass there's a lot going on in this episode i got a lot of notes take it away tiffany okay <laughs> so, i mean if you don't want to we can just like <laughs> <you know. Okay. laughs>
1: So the Duke and Daphne are still in this coach. Like, this is the longest coach ride ever. It's continued from one episode to another. But now it's not awkward and they're making out because they had sex. So anyways, of course, we get the narration from Lady Whistledown. She's sending some good congratulations and stamina to the young couple as they embark on the most exhilarating time in a young couple's life, the honeymoon. And I was like, wait, I thought people didn't know what happened on the honeymoon. Like, even the adult women didn't seem to know what happened. So how does Whistledown got so much information? I
0: don't and I was,
1: know. I was like, this is definitely not Eloise because she thinks they have cake eating <laughs> contests. So, I don't know. And she says the, the couple can retreat from society together, leaving watchful eyes behind. So they pull up to Cliveden, which is the Duke's... I guess it was his dad's house. Yeah.
0: So where was he at before? Like, Lady Danbury's house? Yes, because that's what I've been saying, because they're like, oh, it's been so long. And I'm like, then where was he? But then in another part, he says how he was tooling around London, I guess, for the last few years. Just in and out of whorehouses is what I assume. Pretty much.
1: Okay, so this is a super nice castle slash estate slash I don't know what it is. It's like Versailles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All the staff is lined up out front to meet Daphne. And as they climb the steps, everyone's bowing and curtsying. And they get to the very top. And of course, I think they're like, <laughs> I think they're arranged by like, who's in charge. Importance, yeah. yeah. Because up at the top is the head housekeeper, Miss Coulson, who lets them know she hopes everything's to their liking. She's planned a light meal on the terrace, followed by a tour of the new improvement she's made. Can a housekeeper just do that? Be like, you know what? I'm going to
0: change things around. I guess if the lady and the Lord haven't been in the house for like 15 years, (laughs) maybe... Well, I mean, I guess
1: she's got to keep things updated. Maybe she's not, like, talking redecorating. She's just, like, I don't know.
0: Well, and the Duke didn't die, like, that long ago because Simon was grown in that That's true. Well, that's
1: why he returned to London is to Mm -hmm. settle his dad's Mm -hmm. stuff. So this is fairly recent. Yes. So Simon immediately shuts her down and tells her he has plans of his own for his bride. And they walk in. He's like, I'm going to show you the bedroom. And she's like, yours or mine? He's like, "Uh, (laughs) we're past that, (laughs) sweetie. And he scoops her up, and she tells him to stop. People will see. What will they think? Um, that you're
0: married. I don't. Right. That you're on your honeymoon. I don't. I don't <laughs> calm down, you. Oh my god, rude. Yeah, this house is gorgeous, and I was like, "Where did they film this? I must know." So I looked it up, and the scenes in this house were actually filmed in three different places. All of which are country estates in England that were built hundreds of years ago. Nice. I just had to know. I was like, is this a real place? And yes, it is. Well, when she walks in,
1: the ceiling in that front grand entrance is like the top of, you know, (sighs) that place um the 16th the, chap 16 i said Sistine.
0: the 16th oh my god
1: 16 i was thinking that place i've been there and i couldn't think of the damn name of it that's
0: mm. i
1: don't feel good
0: today so,
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna blame it on that
0: i said 16 16 okay so we are now in the gardens in london so we've left duke and daphne to whatever they're doing over there uh and we are with the featheringtons and the bridgertons and just everybody else in town that's not important enough to get a name well i was trying to figure out is this a promenade is this a picnic or is this an
1: after wedding brunch
0: it feels like these are wedding guests yeah and we're definitely in a formal garden so and they're all eating and drinking which is Mm -hmm. uh -uh. okay Anywho, keep going very weird Lady Whistledown is saying how they'll miss the Duke and Duchess, but maybe they'll come home soon bearing a surprise. I don't know. Colin and Marina are standing together, and Penelope is giving them the death glare, and Eloise is watching Penelope give them the death glare, and it's all super intense. And Hyacinth says to Mama B, she's like, I wonder what Daphne's doing right now. And Mama says, oh, you know, probably duchess stuff. And I was like, yeah, duchess stuff. I wrote getting dick down. (laughs) Is is that what we're calling sex, Mama And then she says, you know, things that you'll need to know how to do, Eloise. Stop (laughs) it. Not the sex part, you know, playing pianoforte, obviously. And Eloise says something, blah, blah, I'm a woman, I'm strong, I don't need to get married. But I didn't write it down, I don't care. Anyway, she's very busy anyway because the Queen has given her the job of figuring out who Whistledown is. Suddenly, Colin is banging on his glass and asking for everyone's attention, and good on him for not doing this in the middle Mm -hmm. of the reception. He tells everyone that he has asked Marina to marry him, and she has said yes. Penelope looks like she is going to puke. Anthony is like what? He look, he's completely <laughs> shocked. Everyone applauds, though. Off claps. And even Mama Feather and Lord Feather look happy. I'm like, not She looks they? like she is know. so relieved. <laughs> yeah. Lady Feather is relieved as all get out. She's like, that's one down. Mama Bee is absolutely shell-shocked. She did not know this was coming at all. And Anthony is like, did you know about this? And she's like, people are looking, dear. Shut up and smile. And Benedict knows his role because Benedict is behind the both of them with the biggest, cheesiest grin on his face. He's like, I don't even care what's going on right now. I'm going over Henry's house later, so I'm just trying to get this day over with. <laughs> For some reason, Anthony is very pissed, and I don't really understand why because I thought this was what he wanted wanted for one of his other brothers to do the whole air thing. I don't, I don't know. I guess we find out a little bit later what his deal is.
1: Well, we kind of find out right in this very next scene because Anthony pulls Colin into the study and lets him know, you barely know this woman, you're getting married. What are you thinking? Mother is beside herself. He's like, um, mom just congratulated us. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, because people were watching. So Anthony comes right out with the question. He's like, so you compromise this girl? He's like, no, I'm a gentleman and I don't really know how. And vaginas are scary. Um, I'm varying for love. <laughs> and he's like, I get it. You're green and that's my fault. I should have taken you to brothels. And then he says, so this is just a matter of wetting your wick. And I was like, gross. No. <laughs> and Collins pretty much said the same thing. He's like, "Yeah." And Anthony's, oh, this is what happens when you don't sow your wild oats. You propose to the first cheek you set your cap on. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin's insulted. He's like, You've insulted me, you've insulted my fiance. It's not my fault that you're not into this stuff, but I am. I'm older than Daphne, and you were more than happy to marry her off. You were, like, doing your best to marry her off to a perv, so.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Thank you.
1: And he's like, I'm sorry I caused Mom to be upset. I will apologize, but I don't need your permission to marry, but I would like your your blessing because you're my brother. He's like, yeah, that's not happening. And he's (laughs) like, well, he actually says, no sorry to disappoint you and colin says you have in more ways than one and i was like oh with the Mm -hmm. clap back honey good
0: Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. i said anthony says no because i'm too jealous and depressed about my own life sorry yeah i don't
1: Uh, i'm i guess i'm a little confused by what his problem is maybe he just wants him to live his life more not be i think anthony's all about like your wildest. yeah find someone you (laughs) love i don't know anthony's
0: dumb Oh, Anthony, what the hell would you know about love, please? Okay, so at the Duke's place back again, and as expected, they're naked and in bed. That is what honeymoons are for, I guess. Daphne says, now I know why all the moms don't tell their daughters about sex, because they would just totes want to be doing it all day, every day. (laughs) And then she says, oh, I gotta go. And he's like, "Um, where you live here. Like, where are you going? And she says, I need to go on the tour that miss colson was talking about and learned the lay of the land i am the duchess after all and then he grabbed her hand and put it on his chest and was like pulling it lower and he says you're already the duchess of all this and i literally laughed out loud i was like oh god who wrote that line just get the hell out of here she says i need to make a good impression on the housekeeper because her mom told her that a woman is nothing without her housekeeper so she gets up Leaves poor Simon all alone in bed, probably on the wet spot. And nah. <laughs> after she leaves, Jeffries knocks on the door. He, like, walks right in. He, yep. She has mm-hmm. barely put her robe on. Yep. He he's seriously just... caught
1: an eye of her ass as he walked in.
0: It was like a knock and an enter. It was one of those things. It's like, knock, I'm coming in. He tells the Duke that he's prepared the study for him to work. And the Duke's like, I'm on my honeymoon. God. I... God. <sighs> And Jeffrey's like, look, I don't get paid enough to take care of this shit, so come in here and do all this estate stuff, is what I called it. Yeah,
1: because the (laughs) steward has left the books in disarray. Uh Anyway. So Daphne's on this tour with the housekeeper who is giving her the castle's history, which, you know, that's, I mean, that's nice. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's got to do that. It was apparently built in 1706, a gift to an admiral from the queen for his military triumph. And Daphne's like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. My sister is a history buff. And the housekeeper's not amused. Like, she has (laughs) planned this speech for months. (laughs) God damn it. So, and then she said, well, here we are in the morning room where the former duchess took her morning tea. And Daphne says, yeah, my mom told me that I should probably invite the vicar should be the first person I invite over. And the housekeeper is, once again, not amused. And then she's like, well, I'm looking, really looking forward to hosting our first ball after the close of the London season. And I was like, how? When the roads aren't safe at night, how would anyone get there? Right? Are they staying the night? So confusing. They walk into some room and Daphne's like, yeah, this is the very first room I'm going to redecorate. And the housekeeper's like, what? <laughs> I just redid this room. Now She doesn't say that, but that's what's on her face. Like, what do you mean? And then she tells her, Well, there's a fair this weekend. I've already offered patronage on your behalf. So she's pretty much accepted that they're going to be there. And Daphne says, Great. Give the servants some time off to go to the fair as well. And the housekeeper's like, What? We, we time off, we don't do that. We have Where too much work did to do. The
0: Duke, find
1: this woman. I know, this girl that's like, Oh. So, and then they're walking, and Daphne sees a picture of Simon's mom. It's huge. It's like bigger than my house up on the <laughs> wall. And she's beautiful. And, Daphne's staring at it, and the housekeeper says, yes, she was the thoughtful and proper, the perfect duchess. Hint, hint, get your shit together. And then she gives Daphne the dirtiest look. Daphne is completely oblivious because she's just staring at the picture like, oh, that's my man's mom. Oh. (laughs) And then the housekeeper's like, right this way. And she's like, okay, and now this room is the nursery, and it's all set up already for a baby. It's got a rocking horse. It's got a crib. It's got a bassinet. It's the whole deal. And Daphne gets sad and says, okay, let's just keep moving because we're not going to dwell on that. My dreams are shattered. (laughs) I know.
0: So later at dinner, Daphne is sitting on one end of the stable for 40 with food for at least that many, I swear. And Simon walks in and he says, wow, are we expecting royalty? and apparently the former duke preferred a formal table and simon says okay whatever plops down in the chair on the opposite end of the table and daphne's telling him how great the tour was the gardens here are so lovely and simon's just staring at her and she says is something wrong and he just laughs and says well you're so far away so she grabs her plate and her glass of wine and simon grabs a chair and she just moves herself right next to him And for some reason, at that moment, Miss Coulson pops her head in and she just looks so annoyed and I don't really know why, but... Because it's not proper. Because it's not right. It's not how it used to be, I guess, is what it comes down to. Daphne is telling Simon about how she wants to redecorate some of the rooms, but of course she wanted to run it by him first. Not Miss Coulson, who's running the show, run it by Simon, who doesn't give a shit. But I thought that was really nice, though, that she (laughs) ran it by him first. Like... Well, I guess she does not know. She doesn't know.
1: know. Yeah, she doesn't know about his childhood.
0: She says, well, you must have some fond memories or sentimental attachments. And he just drinks his wine silently like, no, not really. I don't really care what you do. Decorate the walls with pink flamingos, you know, for all I care, whatever. And he says, you also don't need to dress so formally here. And I guess by formally, he means these elbow length gloves, which she always seems to wear and he likes to take off. And he starts kissing her hand and staff is like, uh, should we leave or like what? Instead, Simon and Daphne decide to leave. They go outside, and they're going to do it in the garden, I guess. And they're undressing, and it starts raining and thundering, and they laugh because, I don't know, storms are hilarious, I guess. (laughs) And they run to some giant outbuilding, and then he's rubbing on her, and he's like, you like that? She's like, Yeah. And he's like, What do you want? And she says, I want you. And I was like, Oh my God, I could have written this. It is so predictable and mm-hmm. just, it's so stupid. So, anyway, they're doing it and he pulls out and she's finally caught on to this, I guess, because she asks him if it hurts. And he's like, Oh, no, no, it's great. And then there's like 15 minutes of scenes of them doing it all over the place. And I, I don't know, the staff is listening at the door of whatever the room they're doing it in and in the library just, on yeah, a ladder wherever the mood hits them and it hits them a lot it's like a lot
1: i think it's funny that colson comes along he's the maids listening and she's like go on go on and then she stops and listens Says so like oh colson i see you okay, honey okay. <laughs> So then sometime later, Rose is brushing Daphne's hair, and it's all tangled from their sex adventures. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Daphne's saying she didn't even know it was possible because he can't have children, so she assumed he apparently couldn't get it up. I don't know what she assumed, but she didn't think sex was going to become a thing. She didn't know what sex was, but she didn't think it was going to be, be anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Rose says, you thought he wouldn't be able to cause such difficult entanglements? <laughs> 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 so I'm back at the Bridgertons Colin comes into breakfast where the younger kids are fighting and Benedict is refereeing as mom is reading the latest whistle down and Colin's engagement has made the paper and mom is not happy that he didn't tell her before he announced it to freaking everybody and personally I wouldn't be either if my I don't know I guess I don't know if my kids like announced it for everybody I don't I'd be
0: but this is a really close-knit family and they drive that point home again and again and again so it does kind of fly against that
1: and for him not to even mention, hey, by the way, I'm going to propose. Right. I guess I can see that. And he says, I don't know why it should be surprising. I've been courting Marina all season. You just didn't notice because you were obsessed with Daphne. I was like, oh, Colin's mm-hmm. got it's those good. comebacks <laughs> every time. Mom says, well, it's just happening so quickly. And she wasn't prepared to have another child leave the nest so soon. And I was like, oh, oh Mama That's
0: what it was. Uh, I was like, don't worry, Mama. You're going to still have Eloise around. Probably forever. So.
1: Yeah, and the other ones are
0: only like... 12. Yeah, you got some time. time. That littlest boy can't be more than 10, so. Yeah, there's a forgot about
1: him. And then there's the one we never see, so. <laughs> yeah. But she's on IMDb, so apparently she comes back at some point.
0: Oh, okay. All right, great. So at the Feather House now, Marina and the two other sisters are in the parlor talking about Colin and Penelope is listening in the doorway. And Marina saying how she's sure Colin will introduce them to to his friends, and how this is going to change all of their lives, and Penelope walks in and says, yeah, especially Collins. She goes to sit down on a couch, and Marina follows her over there, and she's trying to talk to Penelope about how she respects her and how she thinks of her as a good friend and how she thanks her for all the comfort she's given her. And Penelope says, you mean how quiet I've been? And Marina says, it hurts me how little you think of me. I hope you don't regret our friendship. And Penelope says, look, I would never bring scandal on you or our family, but I'm not going to be cool with you lying to my friend. And Marina says she wants them to be friends and for her to be happy for her. And before that conversation can go any further, Mama Feather comes in to tell Marina it's time to go to Modiste for her trousseau, you know, whatever that is—bed sheets, the bed
1: sheets. Are... <laughs> it's not. I, I don't know.
0: I think it's her laundry.
1: Linger- I think it's her laundry. I think it's her wardrobe. Or yeah, it's and her like, like. I don't. Yeah, know. whatever.
0: So after she leaves, the sisters are talking. Philippa says, oh, she's so lucky. I bet they will make a beautiful baby. And Prudence says, he's not the father, you dunderhead. And then they laugh <laughs> because they are so goofy. And Penelope, she does not think it's funny. She's made a fool of him already. And they're like, wow, you're no fun anymore. And Penelope says, was I ever? And I was like, not really, Penelope. That's a good never. Not, I don't think you were no. ever fun. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Good point. Answers no. So back at Modiste,
1: because apparently everybody goes there on the same freaking day, Eloise is there with her mom because Mama B has decided that she needs to start lowering her skirts and taking away these bows and collars that are up to her neckline. So apparently you get to a certain age, you show boobs but not ankle. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at and Eloise says, "Yay, great. Now I'm going to look like every other lady, only less graceful and more bad-tempered." We get it, Eloise. Mm-hmm. You're you're a pain. Mm-hmm. So, Feather mama walks in with Marina and says, "Oh, isn't that wonderful, Mrs. Bridgerton that Lady Bridgerton that it, our families will be joined together forever?" And mama's like, "Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> so excited." Genevieve,
0: is that the dressmaker lady? Yes, and I also want to say that my Netflix caption said strained chuckle for Mama B. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. so Genevieve dressmaker takes Mama Feather aside and says "Um, here's the problem you haven't paid your bill so you're not getting anything else from me I'm not making shit for you until you pay bills and Feather mom says well everything will be paid once you make her wedding gown and her trousseau and Genevieve's like ah, nope that's not how this works if you prefer you may take your business to a dressmaker across town meaning not the super fancy one that everybody mm-hmm. in society uses Marina Pops her little head in and says, Madame de Croix, you have such a unique accent. Where in France are you from? And then immediately goes into French and says, my mom was French and I'm not fooled by your accent. I would hate the ladies in town to figure out you're a liar. And then she looks at her in in English and says, I think she'll make the dresses now, right? And Jennifer's like okay i guess so and feather mama's like respect i see you yes. i see you being a bitch i get it
0: mama feather is like yes my girl so, damn marina is devious but I. she is guess.
1: i don't know if i like her or if i don't i like how she stands up for herself but i don't know yes. if i like her
0: yeah yeah okay so we're at the fair now the fair that daphne wanted all the staff to go to and there are pigs here how fun And Simon and Daphne are standing beside this pig corral, and Daphne asks this guy next to her what the winner gets, and he says they get slaughtered, duh. And she turns to Simon like, um, uh, I, I don't think that sounds like a prize, and he just laughed, but apparently Daphne is the judge of this contest, and she doesn't want to pick one of the pigs, so she doesn't want them to get slaughtered, so she just says, it's a tie between all three pigs, they're all just so great, they all win, and none should be slaughtered, and more golf claps, and Miss Coulson is on the other side of the ring with her permanent judging you face, And now Daphne and Simon are walking around the fair and some guy, farmer, comes over and he tells them how the harvests on the farm have been poor. Now that the rent has tripled, they can hardly afford to put food on the table. Simon says, I didn't know that rent had tripled and I'll figure out something to do about this and Daphne says thanks for letting us know we'll we'll get on that right away and now there's a crying kid because we gotta kind of drive the point home that Daphne really loves kids and she's great with kids and here's a kid running over to Daphne and she picks up this child like she owns it now uh the child's mother runs over and she's 800 months pregnant and (laughs) Daphne's like oh okay well here's kid back but just so everyone saw that this child ran to me and loves me children love me So, Duke and Daphne are walking back home. I guess they left their carriage somewhere. Maybe it broke a wheel. Who knows? And she asks if there's anything they can do about the farmer's rent. And totally off topic. I hope it didn't pain you too much to see me with those children. He says, I thought only of you. And she says, well, funny enough, when I'm around children, I forget about my concerns. Simon says, you're a natural. And she's like, well, I do have a hundred brothers and sisters, which, yeah. (laughs) And hey, good thing I have all these brothers and sisters because one day they will get married and have kids. And then there'll be more screaming around us than we can even stand. And he says, you will be a splendid aunt. And he says that he's so pleased that she's okay with their marriage and the whole no kids thing. And she says, yep, I have all I want right here. And then they have sex in the field, which, I mean, they don't actually show that. I'm just assuming that's what happened Yeah, I'm sure that's what's coming next. So
1: we are at the Feathertons, and they are preparing for... Dinner with the Bridgertons. So Marina is coming down the stairs and they're practicing her entrance and she comes down and Mama Feather tells her to swish in her dress. Hey, look, that's the title. Hey. It's the only time it's mentioned. That's I don't know what else it means.
0: Three seconds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She swish so she swishes from side to side, and I was like, she kinda looks pregnant. I don't know. Well, let me tell
0: you something. Empire waste dresses make everyone look pregnant. Everyone on the show looks pregnant. Empire waists need to go. I love them. I love, said them. It. I I said love it. them. Mm-mm
1: mama says well she's going to push for a swift wedding and penelope snorts and they all look at her like what she says well i find your plan wanting deceiving colin is one thing but his mom she's shrewd and she's had eight kids she knows when she's being managed and she's gonna
0: know when somebody's knocked up she ain't stupid Mm -hmm. They are very lucky that Marina doesn't have any kind of morning sickness or any kind of aversion, any kind of, like, hormonal acne. Like, nothing is different about her except for the fact that she's carrying a baby. But I think she's further enough along
1: that we are past that point.
0: True, but she's been there for a while. I mean, I definitely thought she was showing in that Swish thing, like you said. Like, yeah, I thought you could tell. But they keep saying how in six or seven months she's going to have a kid. So I've been thinking she's in her first trimester up to this point. Yeah, maybe.
1: So at dinner, Mama B is trying to be polite. So she asks Marina what she liked to do when she lived in the country. And Marina says she liked riding. And she's like, oh, Lady Bridgerton, I liked riding. And Mama tells her, please call me Violet. Which she had said earlier at the dressmakers, and I forgot mm-hmm. to mention it. Please call me Violet. And then she says, oh, by the way, have you traveled beyond England? Because it's Colin's dream to travel all over the world. And Mama Feather's like, I'm sensing a honeymoon in foreign parts. And she's like, right, Anthony? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And she says, well, if they choose to marry sooner rather than later, they can still enjoy the lovely weather we've been having. I was like, you were so bad at this. You're so, so bad at this. And Anthony says, Colin Young, I believe a lengthy engagement is in order. And Colin's like, let's change the subject. Have you seen Marina's needlework? It puts my sisters to shame. Daphne's looks like a battlefield. And Mama Feather laughs, and everybody's like, why are you narking on Daphne? God, jerk. So after dinner, the Feather sisters are playing the pianoforte and singing. Are they singing? I don't think they're singing because it's horrid. I mean,
0: I guess you could call that singing.
1: It's the worst. It's the worst. And Penelope just cannot stand it. Colin gets up and walks out of the room and she follows him. They're out in this hallway and she's, which, I mean, they're only feet away from where everybody else is. And they're having this conversation, which seems really stupid. And she says, you deserve to know something about Marina. Her heart belongs to another, a first son, George Crane. He's a soldier. They grew up together. I've read their letters. You should know. And he's like, um, do you think that I've never had fond feelings for somebody else? We all have. That's part of life. I flirted, too. I'm not innocent. And she's like, it wasn't a flirtation. She loves him. And he's like, yeah, but she's marrying me. We understand each other. It's going to be fine. And Marina, who knows that Penelope is up to no good, walks out in the hallway and asks if they have moved the party out here now. And Colin says, well, the further I get from that piano, the more it feels like a party. And I was like, um, uh,
0: Good one, Colin. He's got him left and right. And Marina, she's so
1: sneaky. She's like, Penelope, your mother is asking for you. And I was like, no, she's not. Her mother forgot that she even has a daughter. So (laughs) a third daughter anyways. Penelope goes away and Colin and Maria are together and he asks her, what's wrong? And she's like, well, my own father didn't want me. The Feathertons can't wait to be rid of me. And I thought maybe with your family, I'd finally be accepted. But your mom's just being nice. And he's like, we're going to make our own family, just you and me. And she's like, I would be married this minute so we could be alone together forever. And I was like, oh, you're so sneaky. Yep. He's like, what if I told you there's a way we could go to Scotland? Gretna Green? Greta Green? Mm-hmm, I think Greta it's Green. It's got an and- N in it, but I don't remember if it's pronounced that way. And he's like, if we go there, we could be married in days if we make it to the border. Anthony will be mad, but, you know, once we get back, we'll smooth it over. It'll be fine. And he's looking at her like, you know, it's a pretty crazy idea. And she's like, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it yesterday. <laughs> Let's go. And he's like, okay, give me a day, and I'll arrange it. And I was like, <sighs> oh,
0: boy, bothers me. So, we're at the dukedom again, and Daphne wakes up in bed, and the duke is gone. So, she gets dressed, and she's walking around the house looking for him. She passes by the nursery. She's looking all forlorn-like, and she closes the door, like, going to close the door on that part of her life. <laughs> so, she finds him in the office, and she asks him if he would like to break his fast with her. And I'm like, is that where breakfast came from? You Did didn't I know that? Did I just learn something? You didn't know that? No, I didn't he says, sorry, my love, the farmer in the village was right. I need to figure out how to make things work better. I'm just super busy right now. And she says, isn't that the steward's job? And he's getting all bent out of shape. Like they're my people. It's my responsibility. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I raised my voice at you. It's just, I've been looking at these numbers all morning. I'm really stressed. And she says, no worries. I'm also going to be super busy today. I'm going to go visit some of your people. I'm going to deliver Some gift baskets, you know, like some Duchess stuff. So, and (laughs) he doesn't even respond to her, so she just walks out. It's already starting. They've been married for three hours, and he's already yelling (laughs) at her and ignoring her. So that's fun. So Daphne is in the gardens with Rose now, and they're collecting stuff for these gift baskets. And Rose is asking her about if she misses home, and all of a sudden Miss Coulson comes over, and oh my God, what are you doing? I thought she was going to be mad that Daphne was picking the stuff like those were special flowers or something, but she's appalled that Daphne is picking it herself. She's like, I can have one of the maids do this or the gardener. And Daphne says, no, no trouble at all. You know, I can, I can do it. It's being taken care of. And Miss Colson says, look, if you just tell me what you want or what you need, I will bing, bang, boom, get it done. Daphne says, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Bye. And Miss Colson just stomps Okay. Daphne tells Rose, she despises me, and Rose says, "No, don't worry about it, she despises everybody. So now she and Rose are walking around the town, and they're offering these gift baskets that they've made to all the townspeople, but nobody's taking them. Daphne's like, what the heck? I thought this was the proper thing to do. Did I not wear the right dress? <laughs> and the little girl from the fair runs over. Daphne offers her mother a basket and she says, "You know, I'd love to take one, but she has all this other stuff in her hand so she's like, I, I don't I can't carry it." Daphne says, "No problem, we'll walk with you." And she looks like a little weirded out to be walking with Daphne and Daphne's like, "Well, actually since we're walking together, let me ask you. I feel like there's some weird tension here and I feel like I've done something to offend the village. You got any idea what that might be?" And the woman says, well, it was the pigs, and Daphne's like, the pigs? And she said, yeah, you said all three won, and actually it's kind of a tradition that the winner supplies pork to Cliveden for the next year. So you kind of screwed whoever won out of a year's worth of pay, and Daphne's like, oh, shit, I did not realize that. I will fix that mistake at once.
1: Poor Daphne. I mean, she Nobody told her. I mean... I she's... know.
0: Isn't that Coulson's god dang job?
1: God. Uh-huh. So Daphne goes home and as she walks in the door, Simon is there with all his people and he is moving all of his things from the study to the east wing. So they're carrying his desk and everything else. I was like, they don't got a desk on the other side. They got all this furniture. They don't have another <laughs> desk, but... I know. He, and he's very busy, so he can't deal with her problems. And so she pulls Coulson aside and says... I know I made some missteps since I've arrived. My mother taught me a great deal about being a mistress of a household, but neither of us imagined that I would be a mistress of a house, you know, a castle. Hmm. So I'm looking to you for guidance. And she's like, I feel like the Duke isn't at ease here. So they sit down to tea and Colson's kind of spills the tea. She's like, master Simon's childhood was not easy. After his mom died, the Duke went to London, and Simon was left here alone. And she's like, you know, I did my best to take care of him. I'm like, did you? Mm-hmm. I don't think you did.
0: She doesn't seem like a warm person, you know? Yeah,
1: it was it was the other lady. It's not like he grabbed her and hugged her when he got there, because right. whatever.
0: And Daphne's like, of course, of
1: course you did. I totally believe that you did. <laughs> and she grabs her hand, and Coulson looks at her hand like, why are you touching me? <laughs> you're so far above me. You're not allowed to touch me. And Daphne's like, well... The Duke must have loved the Duchess so very much to struggle after her death. Coulson just kind of looks at her and she's like, oh, it wasn't happy. And she's like, no, it was strained. He wanted an heir. She wanted a child. She kept trying long after the doctors told her to stop. I tried to tell her that it's not always the woman's fault, that they're barren. Sometimes it's the man. And Daphne's like... oh, shit. I, I did not know that. I feel bad about Simon now. And Colson continues on and says, I told the Duchess that the womb could not quicken without strong and healthy seed. Then we were so sad because the minute she had Simon, she died and we lost her. So, and I was like, oh, you just planted the seed for Daphne. Oh,
0: there's a lot of information there that Daphne did not know. Yeah. So now Penelope is in her room trying to figure out how this country girl ever got the best of her. When there is a knock at the door and it's Mama Feather, she's like, why aren't you dressed? We're lo- dining with Lady Gartside tonight, whoever that is. And Penelope fake coughs and she's like, sorry, Mama, I'm just not feeling well.
1: She reminded me of Karen from Mean Girls. I'm
0: sick. (laughs) Boo, you whore. Can you see Mama Feather saying boo, you whore? I know. (laughs) Mama Feather says, I should just bring you along with all that coughing and sputtering anyway, because this lady, Gartside, she's never invited us to dinner before, and now, a day after the engagement, everybody's coming crawling to the feathers, but she doesn't. She just leaves, and Penelope sneaks out of her room. I'm like, why? There's nobody there. I guess she's trying to not be seen by the staff who don't give a shit what she does. She goes into Marina's room, and she She's tearing everything up looking for, I don't know, something, something she can use against her. She finds a packed bag, so that's a little curiosity. And she also finds all these letters, the ones from George, stuffed up under a dresser, cut to Marina walking into her room, and there's Penelope. I'm like, that's really freaking creepy. Don't do that, mm-hmm. Penelope. Penelope hands her a letter and Marina says, I've already read this, thanks. And Penelope says, look at the signature on the bottom of this letter. And then on this one, they aren't the same. And Marina says, so Penelope says, so the last letter, the one where he broke your heart. It was a fake. This is great news. And Marina says, Even if this is true, George still hasn't replied to my letters. He has still abandoned me, and I cannot wait around forever. Don't know if you've been looking at the tummy situation. It's getting serious. Colin wants me. Penelope says, I thought you loved George. And Marina says, I was a fool. This changes nothing. And then she lights the letters on fire with a candle. Penelope then asks her why she has a bag packed. And she's like, Tell me you're not going to. Gretna Green or Greta Green, whatever. Gretna Green, that's right. It sounds is it like, yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. Gretna Green. What are you going to do when Colin realizes he's not the father of this child? He's not dumb, and Marina says, "I'm gonna do nothing because he is a good and kind man, and he's not gonna turn me out on the street." Penelope just screams, "But what about Colin?" And finally marina realizes what is going on she's like oh ho, ho, ho. you love him it all makes sense your objections your meddling you love colin bridgerton <laughs> and if i'm going to be the one to put the end to this infatuation oh well so be it your love is an unrequited fantasy she's just, just this, is, this, is her. this is hard this is hard and then she says colin sees you as a sister he sees me as a wife and a woman Ah. Oh. And as a woman, I have to make difficult decisions for me and my child, even if they hurt your feelings. Oof.
1: Penelope went full CSI, though. Did you see that she had a paper that the mom and the housekeeper had practiced the signature yes, on? Yes, yes,
0: yes. Where did she find that? I don't
1: know. I don't, I'm sure they didn't put it back with the letters like she'll never I, how notice. would they not? And how stupid are they that they kept that around? Like, I that's know. dumb. Burn dumb. that. She apparently went through the maids thing like Eloise did, like, because these people have no privacy at this, because they're just servants. Ugh. So at Cliveden, Simon's working late again, and Daphne comes in to check on him, see if he's ever going to come to bed. And he's like, I can't help it. These people don't rely on me. I shouldn't have stayed away so long. And she's like, well, why did you? I had work to do. And there was this girl.
0: She had a great right hook. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they start having sex on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I said, he distracts her with sex. Quit asking all these questions and just have sex with me.
1: Yeah, and books and money just go clanging. I don't know why he had so much change on his desk. I think they're dollars. <laughs> I don't know. And then his pull-out game is strong, so he grabs a tissue, and then he says, oh, we're going to have to clean up for dinner.
0: Uh, and
1: Daphne is like, oh, I get it now.
0: The feed so has been yeah. planted.
1: So she storms out, and she goes to the, she's like slamming through doors, pushing people out of the way. <laughs> To get to Rose's quarters, and she just comes in and slams the door, and she's like, Rose, how does a woman come to be with child? And Rose is like, what the fuck, man? I was just sitting here doing my hair, like, so weird. And she's like, no embarrassment, Explain it to me precisely. And I was like, how do you think Rose knows more than you do? Like, I know. Because you're a servant, you know all the literal ins and outs. I mean... Gross.
0: and it's not like rose is much older than her at all i mean no. she's maybe not even as old she looks super young
1: but anyways at dinner they're now it's at dinner i don't know if it's the next day i don't freaking know but they're back to sitting across the huge table again one under the other so they're not sitting by each other anymore so i think that's probably just show that there's like this space growing between them this mm-hmm. whatever and simon's talking about work and daphne is seething like you could see the smoke coming out of her ears she's so angry They go to bed and he's rubbing on her and stuff. And she's pretending to be asleep. Like, I was like, oh, she's every woman ever. Like, she's just (laughs) on her side. She's like, I'm asleep. Don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) And the next morning, because this is all very quick. The next morning they go to Daphne is standing in the rain with an umbrella because she's so sad. So sad. And she's crying. There's a farmer's there, like unloading pigs, and he's like, "Our fortunes have been restored because the duke bought several cattle and rotated their crops."
0: Oh, great job!
1: And oh, I don't know where the hell she's at because she tells the butler, "I wish to walk in the rain and cry (laughs) and be really angry."
0: She's probably just right at the front door of the. I think (laughs) she is.
1: She's like, "I will walk those four steps." Thank you.
0: So later that evening, or maybe it's a week later, we don't get time frame references around here. Daphne is in a room and she's staring at a painting of Simon's mom on the wall. And Simon comes in and asks her if she's ready for bed. Uh, So they go to the bedroom and they strip and wreck her time. And she even takes her hair down for good measure. Is it her real hair? Is it a wig? We don't know. I don't know. It's terrible looking. It's a terrible terrible wig. We don't know. He's on top as usual, but she's got a plan this time. So she flips him over onto his back and now she's on top. And at first he's into it, but then he kind of realizes that this is going to go where he does not want it to go. And he says, wait. And uh uh-oh. He comes inside of her. And she just stares him down. And he's like, oh shit. For several reasons. She gets up, gets her little robe thing on and he says what did you do she says what did I do and he stutters mm-hmm. and I was like god that just gets my heart every time and she says I hoped it wasn't true but here we are I think she thought he literally could not right come inside of her like it's not possible like he has that's his ailment <laughs> yeah that's his problem I mean, she's he's, allergic. So he's allergic he's <laughs>
1: allergic <laughs>
0: He says, how could you? And she says, how could I? You lied to me. I trusted you more than anyone in the world, and you took advantage. So I saw an opportunity, and I did the same. And he says, I told you I cannot give you children. She says, cannot and will not are two entirely different things. And she's right. Mm -hmm. He says, I didn't lie. I thought you were prepared. I thought you understood how a child came to be. How the hell would she know? She didn't even literally know what sex was, like not at all about what it was. How is she going to know this? Anyway, she says, you took my future from me. You knew that my dream was to be a mother and have a family. He says, I was willing to die on that dueling field Mm -hmm. than to take that dream from you, which is true. Mm -hmm. You were the one who insisted on this union. I'm like, they go back and forth, and I'm like, yes, good point. And then the other one says something, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point, too. I was like, I don't know who signed him on it. Anyway, he says, you told me I was enough right out there in that field where we had sex. You said that you had all you wanted. She says, that was before I knew. Do you know I even felt pity for you? I felt sorry for you that you would never know what it was like to be a father. And he says, I never asked you for your pity. She said, I never asked for your betrayal. She says, you do not love me. You do not even know the meaning of the word. You don't lie to the one you love. You don't trick the one you love. You do not humiliate the one you love. There are a lot of things I don't know, but I know one thing and that is not love. And I just have one thing really quickly to say about the scene. Actually, it's probably not very quick, but I'm just gonna say it and then I want your opinion. Okay? Are you ready? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I had heard about the scene and I had heard several things about the scene and about how people felt the scene was very problematic. Apparently, in the books, how the scene played out, Simon was drunk, passed out. Daphne got on top of him started having sex with him before he really knew what was happening so in the books it is a really clear cut lack of consent to this sex right it was very controversial even after the books came out before they even talked about making this into a show people were very unhappy, felt like this was a case of spousal rape. And uh, apparently the writer did take that to heart in some later books, dealing with things like that, but also tried to say that what consent looked like in 1813 is not right. what we feel like consent is in 2020. Back, right. You know, women, women were literally property of their husbands. People owned other people. It's still a dangerous line to walk because we are presenting this in 2020.
1: Yeah, to glorify it now of how to get a baby if you want a baby.
0: So a lot of people were really surprised that this scene even made it into the TV show. But since it's pretty integral to this whole argument about children and their brief estrangement they're going to have, there really was no other way to frame it than to have this happen in some way, shape, or form. But a lot of viewers think there should have been a content warning before the episode or the characters themselves should have said, oh, hey, that happened. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know, addressed it in some shape or form. Neither right. of those things happen. So what they did was instead of making it a no consent, he's drunk, he can't consent. What they turned it into was a removal of consent, which is still not consent, you know, right. when he says wait. I mean, he could have said, no, stop. It's the same message. So she didn't really have consent to continue. She knew it. She did it anyway. So I felt that it was problematic for me. So there you go.
1: I didn't even think about it in those terms. Because, I mean, they've already shown these women being, like, auctioned off like cattle and looking at their teeth. (sighs) I don't want to say it's one... If they're going to do it to the women, they should be able to do it to the men. They shouldn't be able to do it to anybody. But it's also the 1800s. So yes. you have to be able to tell a story. Because then people are come back and be like, well, it's not authentic for that time period. Like, that wouldn't happen. So I don't know. I can't imagine trying to write something from both perspectives of trying to keep it authentic and, mm-hmm. and keep it not PC. That's probably not the right word that I want. But whatever. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. So... That's an interesting thingy. Okay. (laughs) Let's finish. Let's finish this sucker out. All right. So after the big stomp off, um, Simon is sitting on the bed like, bitches be cray. (laughs) Now we get the lady whistle down voiceover. So we know the episode is coming to a close. And she's saying all is fair and love and war, but some battles leave no victors, only a trail of broken hearts. If the price we pay is worth the fight, the ones we love have the power to infect the greatest scars. Nothing is more fragile than the human heart. And underneath the voiceover, we get a bunch of flashes of scenes. We get Penn running out to the garden where Eloise comes to bitch on the swing (laughs) and breaks down. And Eloise hugs her because she's just so tore up about Colin. And then the very next morning, the new whistle down has come out. And in the new whistle down, it says the bond between a man and woman is private, sacred, but I must tell you that a grave fraud is afoot. Then we see at the Bridgeton house that Colin comes downstairs, where Mama B is fanning herself with the new whistle down. It says, as if the Feathertons didn't have enough to be dealing with. And I was like, is that alluding to the dad's gambling problems? Ooh, I don't know. Miss Marina Thompson is with child, and she has been since the first day she arrived in our city. And Colin just drops his running away bag like, oh, crap. (sighs) And then at the Feathertons, we see Marina coming down the stairs, and Mama F meets her at the bottom stairs like, well, (laughs) we're shit out of luck. We tried.
0: (laughs) We tried.
1: Yeah. And then we flash back to um, Simon and Daphne's, and Simon is still alone in the bed, just like, what the hell just happened? And Daphne has gone to another room to lay on a bed with her knees to her chest because she's trying to get to that sperm, to that egg. Yeah. That's what she's, she's having, trying.
0: She's, she's got that baby making juice in there, and she's not letting it go. hmm uh-huh. And Lady Whistledown
1: tells us, desperate times call for desperate measures, but she's willing to wage if there are some actions that people will think are beyond the pale. Perhaps she thought she had no other options, or perhaps she knows no shame but I ask you, can the ends ever justify such wretched means? Talking about Marina. So mm-hmm. here we are. Everybody's sad and heartbroken. So we know we're at the, like, the penultimate, we're at that part of the season where, like, we got to wrap this shit up uh, yes. because we're coming to, it was only eight episodes, right? Yes, correct. Thank God.
0: I know, right? <sighs> but then there's going to be way more seasons, but we're never doing this again. Just throwing that out there. Mama B, I I love you, but we're not doing this anymore. No, I mean, I might watch it. No, you know what? That's a lie. I, might, I, I won't watch it. Like it. I won't <laughs> watch, I it.
1: watch <laughs> it. I'm going to tell you right now, I won't watch it. I'll read the synopsis online. Yes. Like I did with 13 Reason Why and a couple other shows, so.
0: Well, which is what I did with Tell Me Your Secrets because I had to know what it was about. There's so much extra
1: crap, though. Just if they had stayed with those main characters, but then they, like, I mean, this woman goes to witness protection, and all of a sudden she's involved in a murder in this town she's moved to, and I was like, why? But why, though? And then there's all this crap going on with, like, this halfway house for kids kind of deal. It's, I don't know, stupid. It's just so much stupid extra crap they didn't need to do. I bet you this would have made a really good movie. It didn't need to be, like, a 10-episode series or whatever it was. Yeah, I watched 10 episodes in one day. (laughs) Judge me. (laughs) judge me
0: look if my children weren't in the house at all times i would too
1: the middle one watched like the last four or five episodes with me he kept going i don't even know what's happening but i'm watching this <laughs> and i was like all right
0: now i'm invested I got yeah it.
1: yeah he's got to see the end one thing i thought was kind of interesting is it stars that lily rob rabe mm-hmm. however you want to mm-hmm. say her name and then her real life partner his name is hamish something he's got a really fancy name but he plays the guy that just got out of prison for being a rapist. And so he's kind of creepy and weird. And then she's like the main character. thought that was interesting to play them off of each other. So I don't know how you do that with your real life person.
0: Yeah, that would be awkward. So that's Bridgerton episode six. One thing we are going to really quickly talk about before we get into all of our places you can find us is... Our new iTunes review. <laughs> and I don't know, I think we have an idea of who this may be, but we're going to keep her anonymity and we're just going to read the review. And this review is by our dear friend, Harry Paratesticles. It reads, I just finished listening to the top 10, and I now have 20 new shows on my list to watch. Yay. So, thank you, Harry. Thank you. Uh, that was a five-star review, by the way.
1: We have the best reviews. They're, like, from Big Boner <laughs> and Harry Pear Testicles. I feel like we've, uh, we've attracted a weird crowd, uh, but I'm here for it. I'm here for
0: it. We might have a certain... <laughs> clientele type of friend and yeah and clientele that we attract (laughs) i don't know what it is about us Uh, but there you have it so you could have your name and review read on the show if you went to itunes and gave us a five-star written review i'll even read a bad review but just please make it five stars and then (laughs) write whatever trash talk you want that's a good compromise I think I I'm, I could
1: I could do with that.
0: Okay, well, great. So that is obviously not the only place that you could find us and tell us how wonderful we are. Where are some of the other places they could tell us, Tiffany?
1: Well, if you like the Instagram or the Facebook, you can go That's So Original Podcast. If you're more of a Twitter fan, you can go to that So Pod. If you just want to send an email, that's so original podcast at gmail.com. You can visit us on our actual webpage. Hey, we have a webpage at that so original um, We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. We are all the places. Look us up, leave us a review, leave us a message, send us an email, make a comment on Facebook. Yeah. We need to hear from you.
0: That would be lovely because we only have two more episodes of this to go and that's really not that much more time. So yeah, we've to be next? thinking about what we're doing next. Yeah, let us know what you're watching, what you think we should watch. If you've heard of anything that's going to be released in the next month or so that you would be interested in. Um, having us talk about that would be great of you to let us know and again we would love to watch apple tv shows and we are working on a solution for that because we have now had a couple of shows recommended to us on apple tv we'll see if we can work it out and that's all we have for today have a wonderful week we'll see you next time talking about bridgerton and bye bye